Can't start till you say it. Sup, Craig. Uh, hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers. Your statistics in ports, sports podcast. No, your statistics in ports. This is the vote podcast. Um, Vandalay? <laughs> he's importing and exporting. We um, cannot... But he's thinking about dropping the importing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we cannot drop Seinfeld references, though. It's that all we have. Forever. Oh, man. And Greg's trying to get in here. You know what? <laughs> I think we should. All right. You know what? You know what? You know what? All right. So we're going to get a, 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 an impromptu <laughs> guest so appearance <laughs> from, from, from Greg Potempa if he can figure out how to join Discord because he's asking. Greg? Can you guys hear me? Oh, we hear you, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. What's going on? Not much. You're about to talk about um, baseball Hall of Famers uh, or people who are on the ballot this year um, and and the, the loving memory of famed baseballer uh, Dick Allen. You know anything about any of this? No, but I would be interested if you I, – I, I don't want to jump anything in your show right now, but I would be interested just here – who is on the ballot and like, just like a really quick, like, you know, really hot take who's on the ballot and who's getting into the hall of fame. All right, Greg, I can, I can give that to you super quick. Um, all right. I'm in the middle of doing work on a Sunday evening. So I figured, Hey, I saw you message somebody that told you to join. I was like, you know what? If they're recording right now, I just want to come up and say, what's up. Hey, we know what we're about it here. All right. All right, Greg, here's the ballot. All right. Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Omar Vizquel, Scott Rowland, Billy Wagner, Gary Sheffield, Todd Helton, Manny Ramirez, Jeff Kent, Andrew Jones, Sammy Sosa, Andy Pettit, Bobby Abreu, Tim Hudson, Mark Burley, Tori Hunter, Dan Heron, Barry Zito, Aramis Ramirez, uh, Shane Victorino, AJ Burnett, Nick Swisher, Latroy Hawkins, and Michael Cudier. That is the 2021 Hall of Fame ballot. That was a hell of a list, and and actually Caroline's behind me. She just said Roger Clemens, obviously, but I would like to hear it. Now, just give me your hot take on who you think is going to be in it. I can give you a quick hot take of mine. Well, Clemens, Schilling, and Bonds, this is all of their ninth years. They've all been held out for various reasons. Corbin and I talked about this on the podcast, I think, last year when we did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schilling is being held out because he's an asshole, um, and Clemens and Bonds are being held out because of uh, steroids which is why they're in their ninth year, even though each of them have over 100 war. Um, the the person we're going to be discussing mostly today that's on this list is probably Omar Vizquel because he's kind of a controversial figure for being on this ballot in terms of defense versus offensive production. Um, Andy Pettit doubled his war from the, or not war, uh, percent of ballots like from last year to this year. Um, so he might have a shot. Andrew Jones, it's shocking he's not already in the Hall of Fame, um, given this is his fourth appearance on the list. Um, I think Mark Burley is an underrated pick to be in, um, since everyone with a perfect game pretty much is in the Hall of Fame. So I think he probably deserves it. Actually, that's not true. That's not even close to true. I might have to amend that later. Um, but oh, so that's what gets amends in the episodes. That's what gets edited. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not editing it out, but I'm, okay. I'm, I'm issuing the the caveat that that's probably wrong. Uh, All right, I'll a, accept lot, like, those terms. a lot of these guys, like every from 15 to 25, those bottom 10 names that I read, it's all of their first year on the ballot. And just looking over, 
the only guy I could see on that list maybe getting in is Mark Burley. Everyone else pretty much doesn't have a shot. Like I love I love Nick Swisher, but Nick Swisher isn't going to the Hall of Fame. I was gonna say I feel like Andy Pettit still like is still like really young. Like I feel like he was just in the league. Yeah, well, this is only his third year on the ballot, so it he he's pretty like this is pretty fresh. I mean, he's only been out of the out of baseball for like eight years. Hasn't even been a decade yeah, yet. Yeah, that's that's my thought. My thoughts as well. Corin, what's what's your quick hot take, and then I'll give you my hot take and let you guys be. I do think Bonds and Clemens should get in, despite the steroids allegation. No, because they took steroids. Um, I hope they get in, but I still genuinely don't think they will. Uh, I do think Mark Burley deserves to get in, but I don't necessarily think he's going to get in this year. I just don't think he's a first ballot kind of guy. Agree. Um, Very much so agree. Hot take. I guess Kurt Schilling would be a yes for me, although maybe it is because he's an asshole. I don't love the idea. I wouldn't be upset if he didn't make it in at all. It's just kind of one of those, yeah, I guess so kind of deals. Uh, but I do think Omar Vizquel should because I think defense is very much underrated in the Hall of Fame, and okay, he played for the so Indians. So I, I have a very, I have a very hot take, and I have no opinions on anybody, and if or if not that, or if they should get in over somebody else. But my one hot take is that is that, and it sounds like you guys have already discussed this, is that the fact that Sammy Sosa is on the ballot for the Hall of Fame, you know, with the steroids. You- in it, I don't think he deserves honestly because as a child who kind of grew up seeing Sammy Sosa and the Barry Bonds, yeah, Barry Bonds too. You guys said his name's on that list too, correct? Yeah, yep, yeah, him and you know, even you know, Mark McGuire. Like, Mark McGuire, I remember like reading a book about him in like third grade and having to do it as my book report and was so excited that I got to pick the one sports related interesting book in the classroom, only to find out years later, steroids. So my hot take is that they should not be in the Hall of Fame. And there's a reason there's an asterisk next to their placement on the home run record list. That's Sorry, a hot so. take, Greg. That's, that's that's a hot take. But I appreciate you letting me jump in. I'm going to jump back onto work and let you guys be, unless there's something else you uh, well, yeah, here, here's a here's a point. Corn and I were actually going to talk about it at the end of the episode, but we can just bring it up now. Did you uh did you see um Sarah uh, Muller? I think was her name. Uh, mm-hmm. girl, the woman who just became the the first. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's a kicker at what is it, was it Vanderbilt, right? Corwin? Vanderbilt. Yeah. Um, she, be, she, you know she you know Caroline's all over that, and she's mouthing to the other side of the room. Yeah, we 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 uh. We, we we really didn't have too much to say about it other than it's a it's a really great story and it's it's a huge glass ceiling and this is um the exact position I think we would have seen uh the first uh female college uh football athlete take up since um women can fucking kick, man. Like serious <laughs> like there is a lot of power in uh in in in, in those fucking kicks, man. Um, having worked as a martial arts instructor for a very long time, so I have, I have, I have two things. Okay, so first, one, it, you know, the the biggest, you know, I hate to be a, a negative man, <laughs> devil's advocate, but not, I guess, not really a devil's advocate, but the biggest shame is that after she had the first kick, the kick for the kickoff, and the, it was originally announced, you saw all the Facebook posts that were like, 
oh, she's a girl, get her off the field. I would ram or tackle her or whatever. Like, just something, like, really nasty. It's just so fucking unnecessary. I'm sorry if we don't curse on this podcast. Oh, of course we curse. Yeah, it, no, it's totally unnecessary. Better? It's lame. It's shitty. It's so crazy that there's people in this world that were just kind of, you know, didn't recognize it for the for you know a big a big next step and something you know you know it, you know people make that argument of like oh my gosh she's a girl she can't be as strong as the guy whatever da, da, da. but it's her sole purpose on the field is to kick and she might happen to get tackled like dude first of all that's the fucking game and second of all good for her the fact that she's willing to take a hit like that is fucking awesome. Like, good, that's great. That's why rugby women players are fucking... So. Yeah, and it's, it's also, like, it's not in the abstract, like, what if she gets hit? Like, she goes to practice. I'm sure she practices and sometimes gets hit at practice, and her teammates yeah. understand that, and her coach understands that, and she understands that, and then they put her in a game. It's not like, what if she gets hit? She is a football player at a very high level. I'm sure she understands what will happen if she gets hit. The same thing that happens when any of us get hit. It hurts a little bit, and then you keep playing. Exactly. Kicker, kickers don't really get hit at practice. Like I, maybe, I, they, maybe they did with her because she never would have before, but they usually go out of their way to, to keep those players from getting hit. I'm sure. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. And so no, you're, not, you're, not to be like the yeah, actually guy, but. Oh no, you're totally right. Practically speaking, they absolutely wouldn't. I could see them, you know having her get acclimated to some contact just because I'm sure they're going to be facing some teams with some really douchebaggish guys who are like going to be like those dudes on Instagram who are like, I'm going to fucking creamer um, and then show how super tough they are uh, by hitting. No, 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 Josh, they want to cream on her. Both. Different kind of anger, different kind of anger. But yeah, in all likelihood as a kicker, she's, she's not getting (laughs) drilled at practice. Um, no, as are the guys on Twitter game. after practice. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, but can yeah, so... My, can I give you my Man. second hot take? Oh, oh yeah, Greg. Lay it on us. Ready? So you mentioned something that's like, yeah, women can kick. Like, they can kick the shit out of the ball. Guess what I did today, Josh? What'd you do, Just Greg? Take a guess. What would I do on a nice, sunny, beautiful day when I have... Some I'm going to guess disc golf, Greg. Played some disc golf today. And may I first say, I played awesome. Caroline knows this because I've been grumpy about it since I've been home. But I wanted to say because I played tags where you kind of get grouped up with other people. Oh, Greg, we lost you. Damn it, Greg. You made us lose Greg. Oh, Greg, we can't hear you. Yeah. What's funny is his audio quality got a lot better right before he cut out. Yeah. Internet was like, ah, we'll give it to him right before we got him. Yeah, it gives and it takes. Like, she uh, through the fucking. Shower wait, Greg, today. Greg, Greg, hold on. We lost you for like right when you started talking about your about after right after you said that you got you were grumpy because you had a bad uh, round today. So what would you say? On. Hold on. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I want to hold on a second. Ah. Hold on. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Greg, are you okay? Is this any better? Uh, yes. Okay. 
So I was all grumpy, whatever. I had a really shitty day, but I played with this. Did you hear? I played. I played with this woman. Did I? T- did you hear this at all? No. I played with this woman named Kelly, and she's a little bit of an older woman. You know, not much older. She's got to be like late forties, maybe early fifties. But we played long to long, and playing long to long, if you want to equate it to normal golf, is pretty much from playing from the black tee, like playing from all the way in the back. You know what I mean, Josh? Okay. Yeah. She, on some of these long-to-long holes, was throwing the shit out of this disc and kicking the shit out of all of us. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I, the reason I bring that up is because, you know, you talked about, you know, she can kick the fucking shit out of the ball. You know, what are, you know we're starting to find some of these niche things that we haven't been able to find out before about what women actually have the potential to be better at than men from an from a athletic standpoint. You know what I mean? Like the fact that she's their next best option shows that there is no other male on that team available who could kick the ball like that for a field goal or a kickoff. You know? Yeah. So like, yeah. what's the, what's the, you know, what's the next one going to be? Pitcher. Right? Are they going to, you know, yeah. are they going to think that maybe a woman would be better at goalie in soccer than a male, a man would be, you know, even from, even with every single man available, I mean, if we're talking, well, I feel like that's different because there is men and women's soccer, right? Like, like with baseball, like yes, there's softball, but it's such a different kind of sport, sport. like and type of pitching. Literally, it wouldn't naturally equate in my mind, but there's still, you know. A clear connection. Yeah, you're right. I I see what you're saying because with with a field goal kicker you're kind of kicking towards a stationary goal already. Whereas with, you know, my example as like a goalie, there might be the potential of different velocity on that kick than, you know what I mean? So that's, that's an interesting point you bring up too, Corwin. And I will say like, if there was one of the three of us or one of, you know, anyone that I know that could play it's going to be Caroline over any one of the three of us, right? Like, she's clearly tougher and more athletic than any one of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, she she is a very strong girl. She knows it, too. Uh, for she, people who, who don't know Greg and Caroline personally, Caroline is Greg's fiancé. She, she wants to know what we're talking about. We're talking about you. Yeah, you <laughs> yes she she has a far better workout resume than than all of us she can her 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 way to schedule is much better and it's it's you know she does it for a living now so she's damn she better be better at it than us and she is <laughs> and she is and she is yeah. that's that's the reality of it so well, I apologize for uh, getting cut off in the middle of my of my second hot take, but I appreciate you guys having me on for for a hot minute. Yeah, hey man, not I even apologizing. Happy to have you. Yeah, like Josh. you clearly don't listen because it happens to us literally every episode. It's oh just... yeah. Oh, oh yeah. does it really? Good. All yeah. all the time. Excellent. Greg kind of sucks hey. at his job. Yeah. <laughs> Who sucks at my job? Craig. Uh, Who's Craig? Oh. <laughs> The guy the robot who records with. our podcasts, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Craig. Um, Josh, text me when you're done. I, I want to talk to you. It might wow. be time for us to buy our own podcast equipment. Ooh, all right. Yeah, well, hey, I need to if you do it, let us know. We can start promoting your show on our show. 
We'll start. We'll 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 have we'll be part of the. Yeah, we'll join the juicing network. No, there you go, man. It'll be it'll be the fourth podcast on the network. We're a real conglomerate. And I don't know if you have it. I don't know Watch if you actually. Boy, have, we're coming for you. I I know seriously, right? I was watching him the other day, but uh, but yeah, we'll be part of the juicing network. And if you, if you haven't changed the name of your network to the juicing network yet, I think it's time to. We can have our own branded juicers. Our own branded juicers. It's our yeah. Watch out, Ninja! Here we come. We, it's it's our next step into the big world. But let me get out of here so I let you guys be. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it was good talking to you for a little bit. This was a fun, impromptu, uh, uh, I don't know, chit-chat. Yes, I wanted to make up for my last um, podcast appearance. You can tell you were not high in Googling disc golf equipment this time. <laughs> <laughs> can you edit that part out? No. <laughs> Bye. All right, bye, Greg. Uh, that was fun. You know he is now very worried because you said no. Oh, yeah, he's scared. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure everyone at his office knows that that, that he is a very big smoker. Um, because I don't and think there's not, any... Yeah, and if not, now they do. Was... Yeah. Um, I, uh, I highly doubt anybody who's a big smoker um, is surrounded by people who don't know that they're a big smoker. So, yeah. Um, Hi, all right. Mom. Hey, what's going? <laughs> what's going on, Mrs. Heller? Um, it's funny. Right. Like she'll she'll tell me like every now and again, like, "Hey, I watched you know this episode or so and so episode," and it's just like, "Oh, God, what did I say then?" Because it's like if she listened to every episode. You know what she heard, but like if she just listens to like one or two, you never know what you need to cover for. Yep. I promise, I promise I was talking about somebody else. Yes, mom. No, 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 no. These aren't drugs in the drug sense. These are study medicine and and make more money. I was money. high on baby aspirin. Yeah. Why is it so strong? <laughs> <laughs> Should we this talk is, about sports on this sports podcast? I was going to say, this is so not what we, had, what we were planning on doing today. Uh, but that's okay, man. This is the, the wild world of improvisational podcasting. Um, all right. Uh, I guess um, before we get into... Now, nah, let's start with actual Hall of Fame voting. So I wanted to start um, with uh, Omar Vizquel, as, as I mentioned briefly while, while Greg appeared on the show. Um, because I feel like I've been seeing it more and more on Twitter than I used to, which is the the um a lot of people our age, Corwin and, and my age, like really rallying against the idea of having Omar on the ballot or in the hall, um, because defense doesn't matter versus um the reality that he is on pace to eventually make it based on the fact that he got 52.6% of the votes in his, um, in his most recent year, which was his, uh, third year. So that he's going into his fourth. Um, so that is, he's, he's already up to 52 and a half points, you know, this year, it looks like, uh, yeah. So, so baseball reference, that is last year's votes that are here yeah it it threw me for a loop too because if you go to like 2022 that's those same percentages are same percentages are there so i think it's just like the most recent year that populates there um 
Gotcha. Wasn't sure if it was, you know, you know how some votes get released early or, or get leaked, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that was my exact um, question too, um, with the with the with the fucking early votes. Um but so I figured we could spend some time talking about the debate around Omar Vizcal. Um, because it's a really interesting conversation. So um shall we? Yeah, I mean I, I think it's something that we've mentioned before. Um but I'm definitely open to talking about again. All right. I'm just talking slow today. <laughs> I understand. Uh, all right. So let's let's talk about uh, Omar. I'm trying to find um, his defense stats on fan graphs. Batted ball, win probability, pitch type, pitch info, pitch velocity. Plate discipline, fielding. Here we go. The only thing that matters when talking about Omar Vizquel. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if, like, I get the joke, but I will say, you know, you can't be voted in just on defense. You know, if he was as awful as on offense as, you know, a Chris Davis, I don't think we have the, um, what's the term, this discussion about um fuck what am i saying about him getting into the hall of fame but because you know he was able to hit a ball every now and again like it's not that much of a detractor keeping him out on its own right so so let, let's look at where he's at so first part let's talk about the offense then because i think that's the the easiest thing to wrap our head around it's the thing that we talk about on the show the most it's a thing you probably see on twitter the most or on um you know up on uh uh Chirons in, in in sports, you know, in in the actual baseball games and, and whatnot. It's it's what we're used to. Um, right. So first off, Omar Vizquel played for twenty four seasons. Um, he played from nineteen eighty nine to two thousand twelve. Um, start and, and started his career when he was twenty two. He didn't even start like some eighteen year wonderlick. He started at twenty two and retired at forty five. Um, <laughs> he was in baseball for a very long time. And actually, I changed my mind. That's where I want to start. Um, the idea of the long career, because there really is something to say about that. And now I'm not yeah. saying that this is like everyone who plays over 20 seasons should make the Hall of Fame because that's goofy and unnecessary. But at the same time, like, you know what? Let's actually back it up even fucking further. What does the Hall of Fame mean to you? What is the Hall of Fame? Um, in my mind, I would say a Hall of Fame birth or hall of fame you know acceptance is saying this player is so important to baseball and has made such an impact on baseball during their career baseball would not be the same without them and i'm not saying you know each one of these players needs to be a game changer the way you know barry bonds or babe ruth or randy johnson were you know any one of these crazy guys who were so dominant it changed the way we approach batters or approach pitchers and things like that. But, you know, guys like Omar Vizquel, who who were so good defensively, it changed the game when they played. Guys like Mike Trout, who are so good at everything, it changes the game when they play and do that for a significant period of time where that impact is is... I guess almost the reputation. You know, obviously we don't have anything specific that's like, okay, you reach these marks, 
with this efficiency, you're in the hall. But that's what I look for. I I agree. And and I think that the real question is, you know, what do you look at to meet those kind of criteria? Like what are you looking at within a person's career that says that yes, this person had a a meaningful impact on baseball um that is worthy of induction. And I think war is the easiest way of doing that because mm-hmm. it's it, it is straight up production, you know. Um but there's other things about it too. And I'm again I'm not saying that a 24 year long career means that you should go to the Hall of Fame. But at the same time, like that's really uncommon. Like that's I know it's not war, it's not it's not efficiency or 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 production or any of that shit, but it is really saying something about how that guy was valued and I understand that our our approach to value of baseball players over time has has changed. But again, Still, I mean, that says, a, you know how many batters in the Hall of Fame, um, or I guess I should say position players in the Hall of Fame, not strictly batters, um, have played 24 or more seasons in baseball? I do not. I can count them right now. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six players. Wow. Yeah. Omar would be the seventh player, position player, with with 24 years or more of service in the MLB. Now that's incredible. I never would have guessed it would be that low of a number. Like yeah, I, yeah. I am not trying to be, you know, hyperbolic like I usually am. Like I genuinely would have guessed nowhere near six. Yeah. Uh Cap Anson played twenty seven. Um Eddie Collins played for twenty five. Rookie Henderson played for twenty five. Bobby Wallace played for twenty five. Ty Cobb played for twenty four. Carlton Fisk twenty four. Hank Aaron. Oh, sorry, Hangar in 23. My bad. Um, and then we have a couple pitchers on this list as well. Nolan Ryan played for 27 years. Steve Carlton played for 24 years. Dennis Eckersley for 24. And Phil Necro for 24. Um, and again, I'm not saying that alone warrants him going because I'm sure, you know, it's tough to search out service time. Um, but I'm sure we can find some people who played for 24 seasons and like weren't like the best players in the planet. And don't deserve to be there, but it it certainly is an indicator in my mind. Um, for reference, Absolutely. the average service time of um, a baseball Hall of Famer is eighteen seasons. So you need you, you need uh, ten to what? qualify, huh? No, keep, finish what you said. I was going to say you need ten to qualify. So obviously, it's going to skew to over that. Um, there are a decent number of players with fewer than 10 years of service time that are on this this registry that I'm looking at right now. But there's some very obvious exceptions here. Like um, like like Satchel Page only has six. But he only has six MLB seasons. He had a bunch of Negro League seasons. Same now, thing with uh, Pontiac Urban. Did he have a, a like waiver for the rule? Or did they count Negro League? seasons um i i think it's it's kind of like a like a waiver type situation same thing and i'm I'm not saying that there's like an an official actual waiver but it's i think it's a similar situation to lou gehrig getting put into the hall of fame like the year he retired um because there was you know extenuating circumstances um 
You, you know what I mean? I, I'd say mm-hmm. it's more along those lines. I just learned out that that speech was uh, impromptu. Like it yeah. wasn't a written speech. He just went up there and that's just what his heart was saying at the time. And that's Which fascinating crazy. to me. Yeah. Because it's, 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 I mean, it's gut wrenching and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For anyone unaware, uh, Lou Gehrig's farewell speech at Yankee Stadium, you can find it on YouTube. It's a wonderful speech. Uh, you can find sections of it on YouTube, um, which I think find is being bizarre. There's a longer for- version um, that is that is written down somewhere. You can, I'm sure you can Google it and figure it out. Uh, but anyway, all right. So Omar Vizcal, 24 seasons. And the other crazy part about these 24 seasons is that there's not a lot of teams here. Uh, it's it's six teams over the course of 24 years. Like he he played his first five seasons with Seattle. Then he played 11 with Cleveland and then four with the Giants, one with Texas, two with the White Sox and retired with Toronto. And like that, it's so it's not like 24 wacky, you know, here, there, everywhere type seasons. It's it's I mean, those, you know, he played for three teams in his last four seasons. But before that, I mean, remarkable consistency, like long term to some extent everywhere he went. Right, I think like even three teams in the last four seasons even points out further how incredible it is playing for that many teams for that long because it does taper off at the end with you know a bunch thrown in there. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. So was it four um, over the first 20 seasons? Less? He played, yeah, yeah. I'm just That's checking impressive. my math. Yeah, yeah, 20 seasons. Actually, three teams in 20 seasons. There you go. Three teams in 20 seasons. I mean, that's fucking nuts. Wow, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's very impressive. I gotta I gotta say. Um, <laughs> all right. So now let's actually get into his offense because this is where things are going to look pretty different. Uh, uh, yeah. So the average MLB Hall of Famer has um. Oh damn it! I lost it. Oh, there it is. 226 home runs. Uh, again, home runs, not the end-all be-all of, of the baseball world, but still uh, a milestone that is oft tracked when we look at home runs or when we look at uh, a Hall of Fame resume. Um, Omar Vizquel has a career home run total of 80. That's, it's hard to ignore. And like as much as I am on, you know, obviously the Omar Vizquel Hall of Fame train, it's hard to overlook because it is a very low number. Yeah, uh, I mean, shockingly low. There, he has four seasons with zero home runs. Um, he has another four seasons with one home run. Um, he has uh, five seasons, six seasons with two home runs. It's a very, uh, it's a 162 game average pace of four home runs per season. Not what you would want from a top-of-the-order batter. But, you know, you have a guy like Andrelton Simmons or these defensive-first guys, that's acceptable, you know, especially a slap hitter like him. And if you uh, if you were to put him in the rankings, he would have um, the uh, 146th fewest home runs in the Hall of Fame He'd be nestled right between George Kell and Nap LeJoie, whom I believe we've talked about on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. So, 
there's that, which uh, <laughs> is something. Um, he let's look at his stolen bases because I'm kind of curious. Uh, he has 404 stolen bases, which where does that stack up against our MLB, our MLB average Hall of Fame batter? Um, uh, stolen bases. Wait, where am I? Oh, shit. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, 225. All right, so he's above average there. That counts for something. He has as many stolen bases as the average Hall of Famer has home runs. Essentially. No, he has more. He has about almost double. I think the average home runs I said was like 226. I thought you just said 225 stolen bases. No, he has four, 404 stolen bases. Where the fuck did I get 225 from? Jesus Christ. I have I have no idea where you... Oh, two, the average MLB um, Hall of Famer has 225 stolen bases. Omar uh, has 404. Yes. Suck a dick. God damn it. I can't get that right. Um, all right. So let's look at his... Um, so he's a career... Let's look at his career slash line. Career slash line of 272. That's, what, that's not bad. 336. That's not great. 352, that's bad. For a 688 OPS and an OPS plus for his career of 82. Um, he has two seasons over a 100 OPS. Um, he has one season below 50 and a couple of seasons right around 50. Um, but that's it. He was, a, he was a league average or better hitter in two seasons. Um, 1999, his age 32 season, and 2002, his age 35 season. Um, the slash line of your average MLB Hall of Famer uh, will look like this. It's 302. So Omar's got that beat with his. Uh, no, actually, I don't know. He doesn't. I was wrong. Uh, so he's shy of that by 30 points. Um, an on base percentage of 376. He's not. He's shy of that by about 40 points. And a slugging percent of 465. And so he's off of that by about 100 points. Um, good for an OPS of 841. Omar is off of that by about 160 points. Um, so it's it's not close. Sorry, 100. Mm. Yeah, no, I was right, 160. Um, it, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's, not, it's not close. Now, ooh, let's, uh, I'm curious. Let's sort this by OPS and see where where um where Omar would would find himself. Six eighty eight. All right, that would put him the one hundredth lowest OPS, even right between Bob Lemon and Bobby Wallace. Uh, <laughs> I don't know either of those people. Um, but that but he has a higher OPS. Than Ozzy Smith, and that's interesting, right? Because Ozzy Smith has never really been debated as being a Hall of Famer, right? So Ozzy Smith's OPS plus for his career is eighty-seven, only five points higher than than Omar. Um, he his 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 uh, his slash line two sixty-two, three thirty-seven, three twenty-eight for a six sixty-six OPS. So it's actually a lower. OPS than Omar's, uh, but a slightly higher OPS plus due to I'm gonna assume like era adjustments or whatnot, uh, like you know how the average 
hitter was faring in uh, you know the 1970s and 80s versus the 80 like 90s and 2000s. Um, mm. Anyway, so now obviously there is a, a, a large discrepancy between these two players as as highly as Corwin and I both think of Omar Vizquel. Uh, Omar Vizquel sitting at 45.6 WAR in his career. Ozzy Smith 76.9. Um, he was the wizard for a reason, you know, like it, ridiculous levels of production from the dude. Um, but let's, um, but the main point here being that they're both not offense first dudes. They were both defenders. So Corwin, um, is there anything else you'd like to hear about Omar Vizquel's offense before we pivot over to defense? Um, I guess not. I mean, do they have like Woba stats? Um, let's, uh, let's, let's do a search of Rooney or here. WRC plus. Yeah. So Omar Vizquel's Woba is 310 WRC plus of 83. So again, not great. We knew it wouldn't be great, but you know, pretty much on par nothing majorly different from, you know, the rest of his plus you know, stats or, or rate stats. What I think is fascinating is that despite the fact that Baseball Reference and Fangraphs do their DWAR pretty differently, um, if I recall correctly, I don't recall how they do it offhand, but I remember it being relatively disparate. Um, their WAR total for Omar Vizcal is pretty similar. Uh, 42.5 from Fangraphs and 45.6 for Baseball Reference, um, which is very interesting. That, means, uh, that would have to mean that they, they both are going to speak pretty highly of his fielding. Um, since his bat is not carrying him in any sense. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, let's do it. Let's dig into the uh, <laughs> into the defense. Actually, wait, hold on. Is that, is... Was that meant to be a pun? No, but I like it as a pun. Um, <laughs> you know, this is actually really interesting. You know what Omar Vizquel's um, career OWAR is? Uh, no. I want you to give me a, give me a figure. Career OR. OR uh, for reference is offense war. If you hear us say OR, it's offense. DWAR is defense. You know. See, it's tough because I know he's like a Hall of Fame level defender. But what does that entail for you know, because we're so used to seeing negative defensive war as just being a norm. I I don't know where I would think a Hall of Fame level defensive you know, especially with such a long career where that war would stand. So I don't know whether I should. I don't know. I, I don't even know how to guess this. His OR is um 20, sorry, 32.9. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say that's what I would have guessed, but at the same time, like I get it like 10 D war over career, you know, 15 D war, whatever it was is incredible. Oh no, his DWAR is twenty nine point five. Really? Yeah. Well, then I just cannot remember numbers today because I'm all over the fucking place. Yeah. So his OR is about thirty three, and his DWAR is about thirty. Uh, that's that's pretty impressive. I'm not quite sure where he's losing because obviously those two numbers add up to be more than sixty. So obviously, right. Cora and I have talked about this where baseball references WAR totals don't seem to ever add up fully correctly, and I have no idea where they lose numbers from. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's really that's really impressive. Um, 
So I'm going to read off also Ozzie Smith's, and I'm going to read off also Derek Jeter's to get a full picture of what um, our kind of shortstop branches look like here. So Ozzie Smith had a lifetime OR of 48.8. So he's he's beating out Omar by by a pretty handsome amount of 16 WAR over five fewer seasons. He also beats out Omar in in DWAR, 44.2 DWAR to Omar's 29.5. Again, though, this is Ozzie Smith, who's probably the the best defensive shortstop of all time. Um, but, you know, a guy who got in very heavily based on defense. Um, and I don't know where that D-War puts him amongst shortstops all time. But, I mean, goddamn, like, that's... It's impressive. Um, for mm-hmm. reference, Derek Jeter, O-War... 96.3 DWAR negative 9.4. Wow. I feel like I always forget his stats almost immediately after we discuss them on the pod. Like we discuss them fairly often, but I always seem to forget exactly how they play out. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, nothing really added, just, you know, yeah, it's how it is. Yeah, it's, it's because he, his his stats are very boring. Like it's it's not to say that they're bad. It's just to say that they are boring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like he had a high batting average. He he didn't get a lot of home runs. Um, he got enough that it wasn't like super low, but he didn't get an, enough that it was like, um, hey, look at all those home runs. So it's like you know, eh. Um, for reference, Omar Vizquel ranks ninth all time in DWAR for all players. I thought that would be. I thought he'd be higher. Granted, well, that's for, again, that all, is for all players. That is still incredible, but I I guess I would have thought him to be just a, an ounce higher than than nine. Even though that's just me being, I don't know what the right term for it is. Just out, out of my mind, thinking that that's any way considered a negative. And if we look at the top 10, the top 10 being Ozzie Smith, Mark Belanger, Brooks Robinson, Cal Ripken, Joe Tinker, Luis Aparicio, Rabbit Mar- Marinville? What the fuck? I Ivan Rodriguez. That is the name. It's not. You're right. Um, Ivan Rodriguez, Pudge, uh, Omar Vizquel, and Bobby Wallace. Everybody in the top 10, with the exception of Mark Belanger and um, Omar Vizquel, are in the Hall of Fame. Which, mightily impressive. Yeah. Um, Mark Belanger his, has 40.9 career war, um, so that is less than Omar. His OPS plus for his career was 68. I don't think he's getting in. Um, he also, I mean, like, he retired in 1982, so if he's not in by now, he's never getting in pretty much. Um, but uh, the others are like, you know, Brooks Robinson was a lock. Tyrkin Jr. was a lock. Joe Tinker, I've never heard of before. Um, Luis Aparicio, I don't know either. Actually, Luis Aparicio is basically Omar Vizquel. Hold on. He has a career OPS plus of 82. He has a career war of 55.9, which is 10 more than Omar's, but at the same time, who cares? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think if I think if Luis Aparicio is in there, we should give credit to Omar. Uh, okay. Anyway. Go Omar. Uh, Go Luis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about it. 
Uh, where was I going from here? Oh yeah, uh, let's let's take a look at his at his fielding um, from from baseball, not baseball reference, from Fangraphs because I want to see how we're doing with that too. Uh, and they're missing all of his Mariners years and most of his Indians years, and I'm not sure what there is to glean from this if those are out there. <laughs> so, I guess never mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, they, they really the, the stats on Omar from, not ideal. No, they're 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 very sparse. Damn. It's a shame. We are spoiled with our current players and how, how readily available the stats are to judge them. Think of how much we're gonna have in ten years, fifteen years, you know. It's gonna be fucking ridiculous. I'll I'll know when a player's heart rate goes up. Uh oh my god, imagine the fucking stipulations that's gonna bring. And just the crazy drama and and wild speculation. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm very. I'm looking, and we I'm all looking, know. I'm looking forward to it. The yeah. More the more stats, the better, man. Well, we're we're crazy people, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Fucking bring it on. Um. So I I you know we 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 I I've read you a lot of numbers from 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 Ozzy Smith and Omar Vizquel and uh you know Derek Jeter's here. And and the 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 thing you know what just to make a, a brief point about Jeter, I love Derek Jeter. I'm a Yankees fan who grew up during the prime of his career. Big Derek Jeter fan. Um, you know, y'all get it. You 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 you've seen the conversations about Jeter from here mm-hmm. and elsewhere. He's a very famous guy, and his offense is fine. A career 115 OPS plus. His defense was bad, but looked cool, um, and he played for a long time. And yeah, he's got the war there, but I think part of what the Hall of Fame is about is prestige. And I know that people don't want to think about it that way. We want to be puritists about it because we are an advanced society who can embrace advanced thinking. And again, I'm not convinced Omar should be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't like the dismissiveness about it because Omar's really famous in regards to how well he handles defense. He is he is the, the standard by which a lot of shortstops are held in regards to their ability to continue to play while being bad with a bat because Omar did it because his defense made up so much ground that it was acceptable to play him. He's a guy whose name you'll still hear in broadcasts today. And it feels weird knowing that he only retired like eight years ago, but um, when his career started in 1989. But I think there's something to be said about that. And I think the fact that his war is only 45 doesn't mean as much when it comes from DR, which is inherently harder to accumulate. And mm-hmm. I think that has a lot of, like, I don't think one DR is worth one OR, you know? Oh, I don't think it's a one to one. The weights that they carry and, and the difficulty of earning them and, and everything involved there is just so wildly different. There's no way I could ever equate the two equally. Uh, equate the two equally. Quite redundant. I, I knew what you meant, though. But because I, and I think people look at the total, and I'm not saying it's wrong inherently, but I'm just not sure it's the most fair way of doing it when you look at the total. You know, you look at Derry Jeter's total war, and he's got 96 OR and negative 9 D war. And 
um, to judge him just based off of one of the three different options of total war that we have. You know, it's like people who give Derek Jeter shit because he was he was hit uh, unfavored by defensive metrics. It's like, yeah, but you're missing the fact that he put up good enough offensive numbers that he is one of the most productive shortstops of all time by hits and home runs and all those things that you would want out of uh, out of you know a batter. Uh, and people that um, you know hype him up as being uh, the greatest shortstop of all time miss the fact that he wasn't the world's greatest defender. You know, like there's nuance to all of it. And I think that dismissing Omar because he only has 45 war or, or that he isn't the highest D war accumulator of all time pitifully at number nine um, is kind of pathetic because I know we all value as fans offense more than defense. I value offense more than defense. I want Glaber Torres to stop playing shortstop because <laughs> I cannot watch that man play defense anymore. Um, and I want him to stick around because his bat matters. But at the same time, we're talking about the merits to be enshrined in a meaningful way based on what you did over the course of your career. Defense has to have some value there, especially when you do it at a really high level for a quarter of a century. And, you know, you are known, I know it shouldn't be taken into account, but being the face of not only the largest franchise in baseball, but also of the sport and being that sports ambassador, you know, I definitely would think that has some serious weight in its own right. It's, you know, warrants consideration for the Hall of Fame based off of that alone, you know, um, being the face of the sport for however long Jeter was. I know it's not, you know, a a on the field uh quantifiable stat, but it it means something for sure, for sure. For sure. It really does. I mean, it really does. And All right, you know what? I'm going to do a really quick exercise cuz uh I'm I'm curious. Mm, that sounds like math. I don't I don't really do math. I'm not going to be doing math. Fuck that. <laughs> I, I, I ain't not fucking doing math at 6 o'clock at night on a Sunday. I nope. love how two guys who basically had math-focused majors both fucking hate math to the extent we do. Well, the thing is, I really like math when I want to do it, but it's like... Right. It's like cooking. Like, if I want to cook, I fucking love cooking. And if I don't oh, want to cook, yeah. it's a fucking chore. Yeah. Unfortunately, I find that I want to cook far less than I actually have to cook. And that's no fun. That's just being a, a person, man. You know what I mean? You know, that, yeah. that's, just, that's just doing let me, it. Let me eat out 30 times a week. Let that's you eat out who? Meals I eat in a week, but you get the idea. Yeah. Uh... All right, hold on. I'm almost, almost done here. Almost heaven. All West right. Yeah. Let's look at some of uh, the career leaders in other stats and look at see who's ninth and decide whether or not they should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, sure. Career batting average. The ninth highest career batting average is held by a man. Oh my God! What are these names? Is held by a man named Dan Brothers with a U. B R O U T H R I S. Oh my god. 
Dan Brothers and his three three forty two. Actually, he gives four digits to break it down. Is three four two four lifetime batting average? Um, three four two four. Yes. Okay. He, he is in the Hall of Fame. Um. Wow. Seventy eight point seven WAR. A career one seventy one OPS plus. God damn, Mister Brothers. Um. Wow. So he played from like eighteen seventy nine to nineteen oh four. And spent most of his career with the Buffalo Bisons and the Detroit Wolverines. Sure. Also spent spent time with the Troy Trojans, the Boston Reds, the Brooklyn Grooms, um, the Baltimore Orioles, naturally, <laughs> the Louisville Colonels, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the New York Giants. That's a hol- wait. Hold on. Dan Brothers played. From age 21 to age 38, 17 years, right? 18 seasons. Uh huh. He then retired, I guess, and then played two games with the New York Giants at age 46 in 1904 after not having played since his age 38 season in 1896. In those two games, uh-huh. he had five plate appearances, five at bats, no hits, no walks, no runs, no nothing, no strikeouts either. Weird. So non-existent. Yeah, yeah. Basically, he might as well have not played. Wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. So if you, holy shit, yeah. So he ha- he led the league in OPS. Um, sorry, in OPS plus. Um, yeah, he led the league in, in OPS plus. Um, from eighteen eighty two to 1887 just just fucking six years straight leading the league in ops plus all right so you know hall of fame baseball player good at baseball i get it yeah so number the the ninth highest um batting average all time dan brothers probably deserves to be in the hall of fame right Uh, let's look at on base percent the ninth highest on base percent of all time ty cobb 43 never heard of him her? Uh, yeah, I would say Ty Cobb deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, ninth highest slugging percent, Mike Trout. Well, he's not in the Hall of Fame. He's not yet in the Hall of Fame. Wow, this is actually kind of a wild top 10. Uh, all right, here's the top 10 highest slugging percent uh, all time. Number one, Babe Ruth. Duh. Number two, yeah. Ted Williams. Duh. Number three, Luke Gehrig. Four, Jimmy Fox. Um, all four of them are in the Hall of Fame. Number five is Barry Bonds, not in the Hall of Fame. Also, surprise, he's number five. I would, I really would have thought he'd be like somewhere in the top three. Um, anyway, number six, Hank Greenberg, the Hebrew Hammer. Go Jews. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, number seven, Mark McGuire, not in the Hall of Fame. Number eight, Andy Ramirez, not in the Hall of Fame. Number nine, Mike Trout, not in the Hall of Fame. And uh, number ten, so- Joe DiMaggio. Quick- Quick sidebar: Was Manny Ramirez? I know he's on the ballot now. Did he have any uh, allegations or? Te- po- he did. Uh, he had he had a PED allegation as well. Just an allegation. Oh, actually, no. You know what? I don't know if it was an allegation or or uh, an official positive test. But again, like that's part of the bullshit time, um, mm-hmm. a bullshit era where it's like they had some tests and there was some stuff released and there was some stuff wasn't and they were also testing players before they actually banned the use of steroids and it's like 
so they found out some players might have used steroids, but it wasn't illegal at the time. So, like, why bother caring? Reputation. It's really all like that, it did. That's that's why I, I, I take issue, and I wasn't going to argue with Greg while he was on, because what's the point in it? You know, like, he's allowed to have his feelings on the matter. I'm not going to tell him he's wrong necessarily, but I do disagree with the idea, and we talked about this on the show before, of MLB banning players who used PEDs before the MLB actually banned PEDs. How can you retroactively punish somebody for something that was not against the law? Um, by being a, you know, unicratic dictatorship of a sport that has complete control over its its uh, players? And, Is and that a rhetorical different. question? Um, yes Sorry, or no. I'm said. glad you answered it. <laughs> So, because uh, I like Manny Ramirez should be should probably be in the Hall of Fame. Mark McGuire should be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds should definitely be in the Hall of Fame, and Mike Trout will end up in the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, please so, don't come out with a fucking allegation, Mike Trout. Please, please. Uh, nine, now let's look at some more arbitrary um, stats. Because some of you might be saying, "Well, those are all stats that matter." D. Ward just doesn't matter. Let's look at arbitrary stats. Let's look at uh, career leaders for games played. Uh, ninth most games played in history. Willie Mays. I think he's in the Hall hey. of Fame. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I... He's, I, up there, I, he's right up there with Ty Cobb for guys that are in, but I've just never heard of him. Well, you know what's crazy? You know who number 12 on this list is? Omar Vizquel. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah, Omar Vizquel should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, anyway, um, next up. At bats, most at bats, number nine, Robin Yount, very much so in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, he should be number eighteen. Omar Vizquel. Um, yeah, he's right there. Let's look at career leaders and stolen bases. Number nine is Max Carey in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm unfamiliar. Who cares? He's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's look at a really stupid one. Let's look at career hit by pitches. Ooh. Um, Hey, let's let's uh after that, can we do career um catcher's interference? Ooh, do Jacobi I have that? That? do I have catcher's interference? Uh I damn, I don't see it as an option, but that would be really fun. Well, what the fuck are we doing here then, Josh, if we don't have catcher's interference? I don't know. Um Although I hold, I actually found some more interesting stats. I'm going to pull those up too. What's more interesting than catcher's interference, Joshua? No, I didn't mean it in the comparative. I meant it in the uh, additive. Um, all right, career leaders for hit by pitch number nine is Frank Robinson, who is wow. also very much so Frank in the Hall of Fame. Tank? Yeah, way to go, Frank. Uh, I, well, you probably got thrown out a lot because you were black because baseball is pretty racist. But we love you, Frank. Not because he was fucking massive and just physically took up the entire, you know. <laughs> Area in which they throw the ball. I choose to believe it's both. Um, ooh, here's our, here is our first non-Hall of Famer in the number nine spot. and But we had to go to career sack hits to find it. The career uh, number nine uh, sack hit leader of all time is Larry Gardner, um, who amassed 48.2 war as a um, second and third baseman for the uh, Boston Red Sox, Cleveland Indians, and Philadelphia Athletics from 1908 to 
um, as the first guy not in the Hall of Fame that we found. Um, all right, let's keep going. Sack so we flies. Did, we did sack hits. We're going to do sack flies next. What about sacks? Most sacks? Yeah. Um, Was that like J.J. Watt? Uh, it, uh, I know fewest sacks is all the guys who took steroids. <laughs> Ayo. Uh, we, well, that's smallest, not fewest. God, eh, gosh. Fair, 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 fair. Um, number nine in sack. So there is no number nine. There's a tie for number eight, and there's number ten. Um, number ten fits my narrative, so I'll go with that. Uh, it's Andre Dawson, who is also in the Hall of Fame, um, sitting at nine and a half. <laughs> Uh, really the reality is the guys tied for eighth are Rafael Palmero and Rusty Staub, uh, neither of whom are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but numbers one through f- one through six on this list are all in the Hall of Fame, um, as is the guy who comes right after them. So still, all, uh, all right, let's have some fun. Career leaders, career, uh, career leaders in in defensive games played at shortstop. You know who number one is. Uh, who? Omar Vizquel? Omar Vizquel. Number two, Derek Jeter in the Hall of Fame. Number three, Luis Aparicio in the Hall of Fame. Number four, Ozzy Smith in the Hall of Fame. And number five, Cal Ripken Jr. in the Hall of Fame. Huh. You let's, look at, let's look at career leaders in putouts um, at shortstop. Uh, number one is our good friend Rabbit Marinville, who, again, I am not convinced actually existed. Um, but our our boy Omar is eleventh all time, eleventh most putouts at shortstop, and he didn't spend his whole career at shortstop. So what you're saying is Omar Vizquel is a Hall of Famer. I'm 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 saying there's reason to suspect he might be. Um, I'm not guaranteeing it, but I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility either. Um, <laughs> she... No. Am I wrong? Or is there the kid? No, the kids. No, wrong. it's the children that are wrong. Yeah. Am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. Uh, all right. Uh, career leaders for assists at shortstop. Um, number one, Ozzie Smith in the Hall of Fame. Number yeah. two, Luis Aparicio in the Hall of Fame. Number three, Omar Vizquel. Number four is some guy named Bill Dolan, who's not in the Hall of Fame, but he's followed by our good friend, Rabbit Marinville, who's in the Hall of Fame. And Luke Appling, who's also in the Hall of Fame. Um, Bill Dalsh actually should totally be in Dolan should totally be in the Hall of Fame. Um, career OPS plus of 109, career WAR of 75.3. He won the World Series in 1905, um, and has yeah, like this dude should actually definitely be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> should. Played for 21 seasons for the Chicago Colts. Jesus. Um, wait, hold on. So the Chicago Colts were a team at C-O-L-T all the way until 1897. And then in 1898, they changed their name. You know what they changed it to? The Chicago Colts? The Chicago Orphans. No, they didn't. I'm looking at... At 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 um fucking Bill Dolan's nineteen eighty eight nineteen eighteen ninety eight season that he played for the Chicago Orphans. Uh, <laughs> why? <laughs> who thought that was a good idea? Oh my god! You know who he played for? Uh, not in their parents. Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! 
Do you know who he played for in 1899? No. The Brooklyn Super Bass. Shut the fuck up. Dude, how are there always more teams I didn't know existed? The Brooklyn Super Bass? <laughs> then he played for the New York Giants. It's like, all right, I know that one. And then he played for the Boston Doves? That's, also, that's another new one for me. I don't know that one. And oh, then, yeah. he went, then he went back to the Brooklyn Super Bass in 1910. That team had some staying power. They were around. What the fuck is baseball, man? Dude, I don't know. I love it. God damn it, I love this fucking stupid sport. <laughs> this is the Emphasis dumbest on sport. Stupid. This is the dumbest fucking sport, and I love it. Um, anyway, Omar Vizquel, third for uh, career assists at shortstop. Uh, career leaders in errors. I'm just kind of curious about this one. Um, is our boy Omar... Omar not in the top ten here. Wow. Impressive. Omar is one hundred. Surprising. Omar is one hundred forty nine in career errors at shortstop, which is great. Yeah. All right. So where's like where's, where's Ozzy? Yeah. Uh, Eighty. We're on the same page here. Eighty. Ozzy Smith committed two hundred eighty one errors. Um, Omar in five more seasons committed one hundred eighty three. A hundred wow. fewer errors. Wow. Yeah, that's actually really impressive. Damn. Um, all right, career leaders for most double plays turned as a shortstop. Number one, Omar Vizquel. By by a lot. By 140 double plays. Well, I mean, that's kind of his, his whole thing, right? That Yeah, that was like his signature move. Um, yeah, number two is Ozzie Smith. Three is Cal Ripken. Four is Luis Aparicio. Five is Luke Appling. Six is Derek Jeter. Seven is... Alan Trammell, all uh, six of those guys, two through seven, are in the Hall of Fame. Um, I I don't get why they're they've chosen Omar to be the kind of like where they're choosing to take their stand. You know, well, why? It it's because you know even though him and Ozzy are I guess similar in how much they produced as batters. Um, Ozzy's era allowed him to accumulate more war while doing basically the same level of production. Um, so therefore, because that, 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 and that's what I'm saying. It's really such a stupid distinction because the difference between Ozzy and Omar in terms of their offense doesn't exist. The difference is between how the leagues were doing at the time. And yes, I know Ozzy played in a more pitching heavy era. I understand that. Um, like, but Still, like they still put up the same stats, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm not trying to like wash away the effect of the era, but these are the point is that these are two defense first dudes who have so far been like top ten with each other in all the same categories, and we're really going to split hairs on the defense on the offense when they were both bad at offense, and we're arguing about who was less bad at offense. That's mm-hmm. a stupid point to to argue. We're talking about who's going into the Hall of Fame because they're obvious. Neither of them are going to the Hall of Fame on their offense, you know? Right. Like that's complaining about some superstar, you know, offensive guru's defense. Like it is literally the same argument, but it's almost never had because it doesn't matter. Offense was so good. 
Right. Uh, and again, this is the Derek Jeter conversation. There was a bunch of people ragging on Jeter when he was going for the when he when his it, it, when it was his turn to be on the ballot for the Hall of Fame, got in first ballot um, because everyone needed to get their rocks off talking about how he wasn't a great defensive shortstop. And it's like, yeah, we all know that. No one's ever debated that. No, I, at least not anyone who's actually looked at numbers before. Maybe people who don't know and are just looking at all the flashy plays Jeter made think that. But no one who's like talking about this subject with any meaningfulness doesn't know that. We're talking about an offense first player going into the Baseball Hall of Fame largely for his offense, plus some very famous defensive plays he made, even if they weren't, you know, overall impactful towards his D-war. Like, right. That's the guy. We're talking about Omar because he's a defense first player who never really had offense, but baseball is 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 a complex sport where you can be terrible at one part, be great at the other part, and play for a, a quarter of a century. And be a Hall of Fame player for a quarter of a century. Yeah, I I mean Baseball's been around for what 150 years. I think their anniversary was uh, just a couple of like uh, last season or this season. It was pretty recent. I want to say um, we're about at 150 years. Um, that means that Omar Vizquel has played in like over 10 percent of baseball history, which I don't know if you know this is a lot. Hall of Fame numbers, if you will. I mean, it, it ain't nothing. Omar Vizcal has appeared in 16% of, of all MLB, se- uh, MLB seasons. Wow. That, that's a lot. Wow. That's, um, that's a huge stat. And, and that's including a bunch of those weird 1870s seasons that, like, had four teams and only the Reds were professionals and everyone else was an amateur where, like, your <laughs> dentist was playing shortstop. Like... And again, I'm not I'm not saying that he is a shoo-in, it's a disgrace, it's taking him this long. He absolutely deserves to be in. No, because I don't think anybody I don't I think very few people absolutely deserve to be in. You know, Mariano Rivera absolutely oh, no. deserved to be in. Um Larry Walker, I think nah, I wouldn't even say absolutely he deserved to be in, but it's not like on its face obvious to ever like Hank Aaron just obviously deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying Omar is one of those guys, but I also don't, I just don't think he deserves the dismissiveness around him. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Cool, 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 cool. Tight, 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 Um, (laughs) Okay, Jake. (laughs) Well, hey, man, it's Hanukkah. You gotta get your Jew on. Um, Seenberg, resident Jew. That's that's all we need, baby. We 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 need more of that. More um, token uh, Jewish people. I'll I'll take what I can get. You know, no, there's just there's just there's just not enough Jews on my TV. <laughs> touche. Um. All right, so we're gonna let, let let's talk about um, uh, Dick Allen, who was a, a longtime uh first baseman and a, a, apparently also third baseman and left fielder which i really didn't know i always picture him as being the first baseman uh but anyway long time first baseman uh, spent most of his career with the Philadelphia Phillies uh spent one season with the Cardinals one season with the Dodgers three seasons with the White Sox and then one season with Oakland he played from 1963 to 1977 uh, his age 21 to 35 season over that time 
He had a slash line of 292, 378, 534. Good for an OPS of 912, a career OPS plus of 156. Um, he won the MVP award in 1972 with the White Sox. His season, you might ask, 308, 420 on base percentage, a 603 slugging for a 1023 OPS and a 199 OPS plus. Um, re- Holy shit. But yes. how is his defense? <laughs> uh, in 1972, he had a negative 1.3 D war. Ah. Uh. Over his Get career, him out of the Hall of Fame. Well, he's not in the Hall of Fame. That's the big point of contention. Um, over oh, the course of his career, he, uh, he had a 70.2 OR and a negative 16.3 DWAR. I only mentioned since we we're kind of talking about DWAR a lot today. Why not bring it up again? But it's also first base, and who gives a shit? Chris um, Davis. <laughs> it's all I have. Oh, Chris. You're bad at baseball for seemingly no reason it's very odd um so so dick allen is not in the hall of fame and it is a very confusing set of circumstances as to why he's not in the hall of fame because what i just read to you is a pretty hall of fame um resume one would think you know here here we got a guy seven-time all-star rookie of the year winner mvp winner 15 seasons stupid high numbers i mean as compared to the average mlb um batter hall of famer uh his 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 career batting average is 10 points lower which who, who gives a shit um his career on base percent is is literally like base off by zero zero two in the upper it's uh the average hall of famer is as a 376 um career on base percent dick allen a 378, so he's better. Um, average MLB Hall of Famer, a 465 slugging. Dick Allen, 534. Um, good for an MLB Hall of Fame average OPS of 841. Dick Allen, 912. I mean, this is a guy who fucking did nothing but mash, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Why? Like, there has to be some reason why right like it it can't be just oh numbers didn't add up this that or another thing there has to be some other layer to it right so uh, yes people have been talking a lot about dick allen recently um in part because well one he, he he just passed away very recently um uh he 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 died um uh december 7th sorry like all over the place um so he's been mentioned a lot recently uh it just is you know in a retrospective as, as we consider people who 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 have left us um but he's also he's also been talked a lot about over the last few years because one of the reasons he got omitted from the hall of fame at the time when when he was on the ballot is because he was often considered a guy who played like Tim Anderson or Fernando for um um uh fucking um Fernando Tatis Jr. would guys that we are popular in baseball today you know who break the unwritten rules and 
that was a much bigger deal at the time, I guess. And so he was held out in large part due to, like, you know how we look at Kurt Schilling? Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's how the voters look at looked at Dick Allen, but mm-hmm. not because um, he like did what Kurt Schilling does, which is be you know, a cool. dangerous asshole and uh, proclamate that like reporters should be hanged and you know be the awful human being that he is. He was viewed in that way by voters because he was just a really big personality. And MLB Hall of Fame voters just didn't like that. Um, We know as sports fans that the sports institutions tend to be older, whiter, and more conservative than the average person in the nation. um, Because, I mean, surprise, surprise, those are the people who are leading the nation. Why would they not be also leading um, your favorite sports institutions? And they, they kept him out. For those reasons. And like we can point to like, you know, Dick Allen's career war is only 58.8 instead of the usual Hall of Fame meter of 60 something. And, you know, he played first base and that's not a very Hall of Fame position. But that was never the reason. The reason was that Dick Allen was a very large personality. He was a very black person, too. At a at a very uh, at a time full of upheaval in the nation. Now he, this is a guy who's playing started his career in 1963. The nation was in flux in 1963. You know, he retired mm-hmm. in 1977. Um, a lot of shit went down between 63 and 77. Um, and he really? was a what guy. Was that? Oh, everything, man. <laughs> shit, you know what? Shit, we're still arguing about today. That's what happened in 1963 through 1677. Um, and Dick Allen was was a, a black man who was who was seemingly doing nothing other than enjoy the sport of baseball, that which of at which he was very good, and people took offense to that. And it seems ridiculous looking at it now because it's like, you know, if Fernando Tatis Jr. and, and Tim Anderson and guys like this keep doing what they're doing playing baseball and seemingly just having fun while doing it uh, and but being good at it for a long time they're gonna make the hall of fame and no one's gonna think fucking twice about it those you know? bastards playing <laughs> a sport fun. exceeding and having fun you fuckers you can't do that i want my baseball players to be as miserable as possible i want them to hit home runs and hate it um <laughs> right like that's how they sound um 100 percent but you know, like if 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 Tim Anderson and Fernando Tatis Jr. and who else has a big personality in baseball today? Um, uh, who else is a big hmm. home run celebrator? Uh, 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 Jose Bautista ten years ago. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. You know, it's so funny. Those are yeah, those two dudes came to mind, and then my mind ran a blank. Um, right. Yeah, doesn't matter. Um, but like that that's basically that that's the controversy that was around dick allen and the fact that it's still a controversy i.e that the hall of fame um or the what are they called the um uh the era adjusting yeah what's that committee called the fucking um, i don't know the committee in charge of putting in players who got overlooked at their time oh the the party planning committee (laughs) 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, the formerly known as the committee in charge of parties. Yeah. Um, it they haven't put him in, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to put him in after he died, and that's great, but that's also bullshit. Let the man enjoy it. Let let people make the Hall of Fame while they're alive to actually see it. Instead of especially forcing- when it's they're so deserving of it. Like one thing for a guy to make it who's you know, it, it takes some deliberation to really determine that value, or maybe the value was different back in the day. But when it's a guy who's so clearly deserving of it, what the hell reason do you have for you know not doing so? Sorry, cut you off. But no, 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 no. You have do not need to apologize for that because because I, I mean I'm like Roberto Clemente made it in the Hall of Fame after he died because he died while he was still playing. Like there was right. nothing any of us could have done about it. But we're seeing this a lot with like like it still pisses me off every time I think about it that Buck O'Neill's not in the Hall of Fame and. And that he died before he got to see it. And he was on the ballot in 2006. I think that was the year anyway. And uh, for to, to get in through the fucking old-timers committee, or whatever the hell they call it, people who got missed during the time. And this is Buck fucking O'Neill, one of the best players in the Negro Leagues during his playing time. He was the, the player manager of the Kansas City Monarchs, the most famous baseball team of all time. He was the first ML, black MLB scout. He was the first black MLB coach. He started the Negro League Baseball Museum. I mean, this is a colossal figure in the world of baseball. And they kept him out of the hall for I have no idea what reason. Makes no fucking sense that they didn't let a man who devoted his entire life to baseball enter into the Hall of Fame while he was alive to see it. And he's since passed and he's still not in the Hall of Fame. And if at some point MLB gets its head out of its fucking ass and puts Buck O'Neill in the Hall of Fame, it's going to be too little too late. It's going to, of course, be appreciated. It'll be a great honor for, for Buck O'Neill's family. It'll give me a reason to, to, to reminisce about what Buck O'Neill, a man I never met, means to me as a person. I have a framed Buck O'Neill jersey in my apartment. I have a signed Buck O'Neill picture in my apartment. I love Buck O'Neill for what he did for baseball as a as a player, as a manager, as a coach, as a black man, and as a historian. I mean, he's literally one of the main voices in Ken Burns' baseball documentary. Um, and MLB can't get its own foot out of its own ass. They do this to people all the time. Marvin Miller, the guy that started the MLB PA, didn't get in until after he died. We're seeing tons of Negro League baseball players being added now. That's all well and good. They are dead. And they were asking for for this type of recognition well before they passed away. And and MLB is always dropping the ball on these people. And while, you know, Dick Allen might not be the biggest name of some of the names that I just mentioned, it still matters. Right. It... it always will and it's ridiculous how many conversations we have to have seemingly every single week about how significantly MLB has 
dropped the ball or is currently dropping the ball or is about to drop the ball because it just seems to be endless at this point. It's just a constant cycle. I fucking know, man. And it, and it's so upsetting because, well, it might seem like something as minor as, you know, like making the Hall of Fame or not making the Hall of Fame when you had a good career. You know, you can always look back on your career no matter what. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure what that looks like as a guy who did that. I'm not sure how Larry Walker viewed his career the year before he made the Hall of Fame versus how he looks back on his career after he made the Hall of Fame. You know, I'm not sure if that changes anything to him personally um, in retrospect versus um, how he gets to feel being in the Hall of Fame and having that knowledge going forward, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it still means something to be validated by the organization that you devoted a colossal chunk of your life to. And it's not even your playing years. You know, these people who are playing baseball today and who have been playing baseball for the past 70 fucking years um, probably spent their entire lives before they um, joined the MLB playing baseball. You know, like Mike Trout didn't just start devoting his life to baseball at age 18 or whatever he got drafted. He's been devoting his life to baseball since he was four. Or whatever, I'm guessing. Like, getting to the Hall of Fame doesn't just validate your playing time with MLB. It validates your your, your life mission in a lot of ways. And, and, and that the work was worth it. And Dick Allen's never going to get that. And it's he's never going to get that because MLB is ridiculously stupid when it comes to honoring its its most valuable players um, at a time when it's necessary. And, and, and it's ridiculously stupid because... It is another reminder that the MLB can ha- MLB integrated at a time when it was actually still kind of contra- not kind of when it was still really controversial for it to do so, and s- has never been in front of the ball on race since. Because this is just another reminder of a guy who was held back in 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 a very white sport because he was black and for like no other reason. Because that's the only reason Dick Allen isn't in the Hall of Fame. And God damn it, if they can't just get out of their own way and be more moral and 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 just going forward to keep me from having to shit on my favorite sport, it is ridiculous. It's it's indefensible. Like it really is. Like there's no reason for any of this. There's no the reason it should be no and and you know i i i look forward to the this next um hall of fame season because i'm i'm sure we're going to see dick allen get a little bit more recognition from the league um which i will always take and which will be greatly appreciated but is still just it's still gonna it's still gonna upset me and i I, I, I just don't know what they're waiting for, you know? They're waiting for the money to care as much as people care, which unfortunately is not a change that's going to overnight. Well, I feel like it can happen overnight. I just don't think it will because why would they, why would they make that active change without, uh, without being pushed to do so? Seriously, you know, it's, 
This this is the same fucking thing that they did to Minnie Minoso too. It, it's I am unfamiliar. Minnie Minnie Minoso was um uh, a baseball player. He was an, he was he was still a Negro leaguer. Uh, like that's how long ago he had played. So he he played, oh god, who did he play for at the Negro leagues? The I think the New York Cuban Giants. I want to say. Let me look up his page. Um, he played with the new. He played for the New York Cubans. I think that's the only Negro League team here. I think, yeah. So he 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 he, yeah. He played for the New York Cubans, and then then he was a White Sox for like ever. Um, He was with Cleveland and then Chicago, then back to Cleveland, back to Chicago. Uh, He was all over the place, but he was he was um one of the first uh, uh, like big Latin-born stars. He was from Cuba, um, you know, and uh, was just a really fucking good baseball player for the time that he was in the majors. Accumulated over 50 war, uh, 130 career OPS plus, nine-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glover. Um, and he and he died in 2015 and didn't make the Hall of Fame in his lifetime. And he's still not in the Hall of Fame, which is, which is, and I, again, I, you know, you can look at this, that 50 career war and say, well, that's too low. Uh, but here's a guy who got shunted from MLB at the start of his career because he is a very dark skin, dark skin Hispanic man, um, and had got you know had was was forced to be a part of, of the Negro Leagues at at when he first started playing, um, which again, huge fan of the Negro Leagues, but at the same time it was it was something born out of hatred, and you know, there's 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 nothing wrong with playing the Negro Leagues because it's a it was a phenomenal it was full of phenomenal fucking athletes, but you're there because you have to be, you know, um, and. So he lost playing years because of that, and 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 still managed to accumulate over fifty WAR in the MLB, which is a, a huge accomplishment. And it's never made the Hall of Fame. It's one of the most famous White Sox of all time. He's he's one of the most famous. Well, um, that's not saying much. Sorry. Actually, that's, that's that's I don't know. That's saying a lot. There's some really famous fucking White Sox out there. Um, but anyway, uh, and uh, he was a huge Negro League star, especially because he was in the Negro Leagues at the point at which they were switching over to um, becoming MLB stars, which gave a lot of prominence to which players were coming from the Negro Leagues. Um, but yeah, it, it it's it's just a fucking kick in the teeth to to see the MLB keep doing this. But right, that's baseball. That's Dallas. That's baseball, Susan. Don't you hate it? Yes. Oh man. Um, all right. Well, that was a lot more rambling than I thought I was going to do. So I apologize. No, that's why we're here. Um. So we 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 didn't get to talk about uh, Mark Burley's um, uh, case for the Hall of Fame, including his perfect game. We'll, we'll we'll try to get to that. We have plenty of time before the voting happens, and uh, you know we'll obviously keep it updated after the voting comes in, which should be in like a month or two. Um, I think it's like late January, early February. I'm not sure that we have any shoe-ins. Um, the only reason we got any, so. uh, yeah, uh, unless there's a huge change of heart with the the steroids guys, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any obvious cases here. So uh, it makes it more interesting for us to talk about since we don't have to just go like, oh, well, yeah, Mo's going again. Like, of course, Mo's getting in. Um, right. So. I feel like we definitely are going to have to need to take another podcast just to focus on the steroids issue. And, you know, Mark Burley, of course, and just like there's so many other um, there's so many other players up for 
consideration that you know we talked about like two of them it's uh well really one plus you know alan um so it we'll be talking about this a lot more you know to make a short story short <laughs> i yeah absolutely i agree there, it, it's a shame that there's no shoe ones because i think there's a couple that core and i are going to agree should certainly be in outside of the steroids guys but we will get to those players in time uh, so anything else to say before we get out of here, Corwin? No. no. All right. Well, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye.